bet Jurassic can. <laughs> oh, oh. Man. oh man. Some of them are a little uh, stretchy. Some of them make me think uh, that one didn't. Just sometimes you got to dumb it down for us. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Screen Fix News, where we will give you the latest movie news. And don't forget to look out for our other episodes which are screen fixes of popular films. But today, it's all about news. And I'm host JC, and with me always are the co-hosts that carry the show. Say hi to everybody, Lady Wan. Hey there. And say hi to everybody, Mystery Mustachio. Go ahead. Hi. <laughs> Ooh, that's why he's a mystery, folks. You never know what's going to come out of his mouth. <laughs> he is an impression comedian. Where are we going to see you at the next open mic night, Mustachio? Or just when is your next one? Next Thursday. At the comedy open mic night, or I can't compete with those kids that do the poetry slams, but when I get out there, I do slam the poetry. <laughs> but it's, it's not so slammy. You're you like, know? it's more thinky. You're a poetry heckler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Interesting. So, anyway, why don't you let me know if you've done anything this week that is film related? Uh, Lady Wan, or, you know, just tell us anything you did at all. You, maybe you went noodling with your recently discovered genetic twin. I don't know what you did. Just let us know. We all want to know. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, well, last night I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ooh. Ooh. So did I. Yeah. Enjoyed it very much. I do think the Ant-Man films have the best act threes out of most comic book films. I liked it. We're definitely going to fix it, right? Oh, yeah. In fact, is that our next fix? I think that it is. Mustachio, did you do anything this weekend that was film-related uh, or just anything? Maybe you participated in the 2018 hide-and-peak erotic scavenger hunt again. I don't know. Just whatever you did, <laughs> let us all know. Mustachio, go. They still haven't accepted my application yet, but I go anyway. Cause... Which is just a DP. I-, I would assume they would expect that out of all of us. The attendees would definitely do something like that. Oh, uh, shit. Um, let's see. Oh, Nitro and I watched a Criterion film. It's his first Criterion movie ever. And since Whoa. he's into uh, bodybuilding and shit like that, we, we watched Stay Hungry, Arnold Schwarzenegger's first movie ever. Watch yeah. me. This is where I got to my start right here. Come on. Oh, man. And I also let like Nitro watch Easy Rider. And oh. how those movies are related is that a guy named Bob Raffleson Part of a new Hollywood movement was making movies where they turn over the power to the writers and the directors as opposed to the producers and the film studios. So mm-hmm. good kind of symmetry in those movies where it's just like anything can happen. That was that great like 1970s auteur era, which actually ended up culminating in some gigantic bloated budgets and films that went off the rails like <laughs> uh, yeah. like Apocalypse Now, probably most famously and heaven's gate of course michael Cimino's opus which bankrupted its studio and then right after those films guess what the studios and producers took that power right back yep. <laughs> took it right back for the 80s yeah. yeah damn them all right let's let's move on let's you want to just jump right into this week's news you guys wanna you wanna yeah okay all right so last week we gave our choices for goose's son right goose yeah and we each picked someone different Mustachio, you picked Nicholas Holt. I picked Glenn Hansen. And Lady One picked Miles Teller. Yeah, I did. 
Lady Wan wins. Miles Teller was chosen to play Goose's son in the Top Gun sequel. Uh, she won. I just want to take a second and thank everyone for their support. Um, <laughs> it's a huge accomplishment for me today. I'm, I really never thought this day would come. You know, when you get a chance to guess one out of three, like you never really imagine that it's going to go your way. And I'm just... <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to forget this moment. Thank you, God. Thank you, Mom and Dad. I couldn't have done this without you. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, so she's, uh, she's being humble about it. <laughs> so that's a good thing. <laughs> so anyway, Miles Teller was chosen. Are you uh, okay with this mustachio, this choice? Yeah, this is a, it's a good choice. If the lady has won. She, she got us on this one, and let's see Miles Teller do it. I mean, JC, he's in one of your favorite movies. You know he can act his ass off. Mm-hmm. He, he can act his ass off, but I don't think he looks like Anthony Edwards and Meg Ryan. If anything, he looks more like Tom Cruise. Yeah. But really, he just kind of looks like a cross between Elvis and a monkey. <laughs> so harsh. Spider monkey Elvis. <laughs> anyway, I, yeah, I hope that he does a good job, regardless of the fact that he looks like he did not emerge from Meg Ryan's loins. I don't like that word. <laughs> I don't like that word at all. Haven't you ever eaten pork loin or do you refuse just because it's called loin? <laughs> yeah, it's like not in my menu rotation. It's not happening. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that word at all. It makes me feel really weird. <laughs> anyway, uh, so tell her, Lady Wan, you win. Yeah. So let's just move on because I don't want you to have this moment too long. So here we go. <laughs> uh, maybe one of the, the biggest things this week, J.J. Abrams, of course, is back for Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> what does that even mean? Star Wars. That's like a line of like cutlery. So, of course, J.J. Abrams is back for Star Wars Episode Nine, both directing and writing it. And one of his earliest collaborators is coming to join him. Carrie Russell, star of Felicity, which was Abrams's, and also uh, Mission Impossible 3, which was Abrams' directorial debut. So, Carrie Russell is joining. And, you know, I feel like she's always been bound for joining this i know that she has said in interviews that she would do anything for jj variety reported that this role quote calls for action heavy fight scenes and i'm curious to know if you first of all like this casting if you're if you like carrie russell and if you think this is going to be a fuck you ryan and they're going to make this be maybe ray's mom what do you think lady one i'll let you go first go I think I'm fine with this casting. I don't have a whole lot of feelings about Carrie Russell, but if like I get a say, which you you know who knows maybe I do, I totally cast Miles Teller. Um, I <laughs> I want her to be in the Third Order. I want her to be like a real bad lady. Oh, you want her to be a villain. I want her to be evil. Don't we already have too many of those? We've got Hux, we've got Kylo, and we've also got. Phasma that they're not doing anything with. Yeah, but I think she's really, really done this time now. They finally just kind of tossed her aside and said, we don't know what to do with her. It would be funny if it was just an ongoing joke that she keeps surviving these impossible situations (laughs) just to come back and be easily dispatched again. Constantly, yeah. Yes. She's like Wile E. Coyote. (laughs) Constantly falling down an acme hole, getting hit with an anvil. Just like her holding a sign and just like dropping down slowly. That's what I want for Phasma. She should fall into a hole and the... (laughs) Some space roadrunner should come by and just go, meep, meep, just whoosh. So, Mustachio, Carrie Russell, 
are you a fan? Can you just crazy early speculation on who she could possibly be playing in this heavy action fighting role? Uh, what do you think, Mustachio? Go. I'm I'm not too familiar with Carrie Russell. She's kind of been off my radar for the longest time. I did see a movie back when called The Waitress with oh, her yeah. in it. Yeah. And she's she's actually uh, very recently been doing the FX show The Americans. Right. The Americans, uh, yeah. She, and that show was nominated for numerous Golden Globes and Emmys. Uh, and uh, Carrie Russell was even nominated multiple times mm-hmm. for that. So she's kind of been been busy doing that lately. Yeah. So it's, it seems like she's been in a lot of stuff, like the Mission Impossible movie and other work, like you were saying with J.J. Abrams, Felicity. They're just things that I'm not steeped in, but I know that she kind of brings, you know, this type of acting power. Like, she has a reservedness to her, just paying attention to clips and stuff like that that she's in. I can kind of tell that she would be a good Daisy Ridley mom, or sorry, Ray, but she would have to kind of keep up uh, Ray's British accent, or was that kind of something that was more picked up while she was, you know, on her own? It I I like paying attention to accents in these Star Wars universe movies. Well, here, if it's true that she was kind of raised by Unkar Plutt, Simon Pegg's junk dealer guy from Force Awakens, it would stand to reason that maybe she would have that kind of accent. One half Uh. portion. So maybe maybe she learned (laughs) British from the Simon Pegg character. I don't know, but... All right, Carrie Russell. I also have, I don't have much of a connection to Carrie Russell. I, I wasn't a Felicity watcher. You know, it's funny. I, I've seen every Mission Impossible film in the theaters, but I can't tell you which one was two, three, four, five, no. four. Like, they, they all, I just, I just can't. They all just kind of blend together, and I have to remember who, who was in which one. But yeah, so I, I really have no way of really telling you that I had any connection to her in that movie. So it's, it's fine. I am hopeful that. This is some kind of course correction for Ryan Johnson's polarizing Last Jedi. You know, they just went like, oh, shit. And then got J.J. Abrams on this one. Lawrence Kasdan is not even co-writing this one. And this one is being co-written by Abrams and Chris Terrio, who wrote the script for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. which i have an odd soft spot for it's (laughs) it's not good but let's put it this way it's so bombastically bad that i have like the soft spot for it yeah we've we've noticed that with movies jc like you have a way of appreciating something that's like okay i'm fully shutting down for this (laughs) that movie is the equivalent of like a rock star on stage just grinding the air for everyone in the in the crowd with their like cucumber stuffed spandex that's that's dawn of justice (laughs) like that's what that movie is anyway Carrie Russell joining this cast. Yeah, she's going to be a great actress. And I do hope that she is Ray's mom and she is part of this course correction. I, I hate the fact that Last Jedi was, it feels like it was written with, with such uh, cynicism and just pulling the rug out from under your feet at every turn, which is not, that's, that, that's not what I want as a, as a film goer. I, I want some things to pay off. I don't want everything to be something being the rug being pulled out from under me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, Carrie Russell, great, fine, wonderful. I'm actually looking forward. There's still a, a few people yet to be cast for this movie. And uh, when they get cast, you'll hear about it right here on Screen Fix News. I'm practicing for my job. It's like a shitty radio DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. All right, next, let's get into another quick bit of casting news. Just a, just a little, little thingy here. Uh, Idris Elba was cast as the villain in Hobbs and Shaw. Also, The Crown's Vanessa Kirby. Kirby is going to be playing Jason Statham's character's sister. I just want to know, you know, there's not that much known about this Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. 
How big do you think this movie is going to be? It is, of course, a Fast and Furious spinoff. Does the casting of Idris Elba get you more excited to see this? What's your hype level for this Hobbs and Shaw? And does Idris Elba elevate that? I'll let you go first. Mustachio, go. Yeah, Idris Elba, like, shoots it up from nothing to something. (laughs) The Rock and Statham weren't enough for you? It's just because they're affiliated now with this Fast and the Furious universe that I vowed to myself years ago when I was a projectionist, I would never watch these things again, nor build one of them. (laughs) And I said, okay, I'm getting out of the movie industry because of Fast and the Furious. That's right. The day you quit your projectionist job was the day they tried to show Tokyo Drift and you just ripped the reel off, (laughs) threw it, (laughs) threw it at your manager he ducked it hit a popcorn machine popcorn went everywhere (laughs) then you grabbed some popcorn butter twisted it into your mustache and walked out i did they still charge me for that butter they still talk about it to this to this day (laughs) you are still a legend at pinewood regal i'm just kidding i don't know (laughs) anyway (laughs) no so yeah idris elba i like him Seeing him makes me think, like, I haven't watched enough of his, you know, stuff. Like, I want to see Beast of No Nation. I want to see him in Mandela. So it kind of just, you know, distracts me in a way of like, hey, what do I actually want to watch with these people in it? But that's just me. Many people are probably looking forward to this Hobbs and Shaw and know their characters from the Fast and Furious and love this kind of car chase, you know, heisty stuff. Hey, that's that's awesome. They deserve movies like that that they can turn themselves off and watch these like these these kind of shows. Anyway, I I sound pretentious as fuck. So <laughs> I'm going to try yeah. to back out of this. Yeah. Hobbs and Shaw, Idris Elba, how about you, Lady One? Give us your take. Are you more interested now? Were you ever interested? Are you going to see this movie? Hobbs and Shaw, thoughts go. I'm definitely more interested. However, when I read the headline, I didn't know what Hobbs and Shaw was. Like, those names don't mean anything to me other than, like, Calvin and Hobbs. So I... Oh, I would watch (laughs) Calvin and Hobbs and Shaw. (laughs) Yeah, so I didn't, didn't exactly know what I was getting into. I don't do the Fast and Furious movies. I don't know. There's, like, there's great big chunks of pop culture that seem obvious that I just don't do. I don't do Harry Potter. I don't do Fast and Furious. I don't do Game of Thrones. Like, there's just these gaps for me where I'm just like, I can't. I can't do everything. But this definitely dialed it up from a zero to like a two and a half to me. Oh. Like, this might be enough to get me into it. Idris is worth two points. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Two hype points. Yes, for sure. How many hype points? (laughs) We we need to start having this hype point system. Like, when something finally gets up to like eight hype points, that's when we're going to go see it. That's the threshold, yeah. yeah well, I think is. eight is when we're going to go see it, but like six is when we're going to use MoviePass. There you go. Yep. Yeah. And we need to see who has the lower threshold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's not a competition you want to win, is it? No. <laughs> oh, and uh, Lady One, do you watch The Crown? I do. I love The Crown. So tell us a bit about uh, Vanessa Kirby. Is she going to be good in this? What What, what do you think? Yeah, I think she's going to be great. She plays Princess Margaret, who's the queen's younger sister. Since she doesn't have to be queen, she gets to live like a way more exciting life. And she's a really complex and emotional character. She brings some drama to it. I think Vanessa Kirby is really, really great. And that is also, I'm going to give another one and a half for her. So what are we up to? Like a four? Ooh. Yeah. Three. Uh, yeah, four. Yeah. This is now four. a four. We're, we're getting treacherously close to movie pass here. <laughs> let's talk about this and then we'll dive into some meatier issues here 
Speaking of casting and things, of course, they have said that Sam Jackson is going to be in Captain Marvel, and he is going to be de-aged 25 years. And he's going to be de-aged 25 years for the entirety of the movie. Now, they've used this technology a few times. There was the scene in Captain America Civil War where Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man used his barf technology to kind of they went he went back and revisited a, a memory and he was de-aged there briefly. They de-aged Michael Douglas for the first Ant-Man and in this Ant-Man film they've de-aged him as well and they also de-aged Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. and I thought they looked great. Yeah. Um, this technology, this de-aging is getting better and better and better. If you can recall how bad it looked in, in Tron Legacy when they did Jeff Bridges' character, it looked awful and uh i also don't think that sean young looked very good in blade Mm -hmm. runner 2049 i thought something was off there that uncanny valley was deep in that one but hank and janet look great in ant-man and the wasp do you think that this is going to work just going all in with a 25 years dh sam jackson for the entirety of the movie are you concerned about the uncanny valley for this film why don't you go first, Lady One? Go. I'm much more optimistic having seen Ant Man and the Wasp recently because I thought Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer looked flawless in those scenes. It wasn't a ton of time, though. It was like shorter scenes yeah. and they're interacting with other people. You're not just staring at one person's face. And I really hope that this doesn't become like, you know, Henry Cavill's upper lip, where we're all just looking for like a flaw yeah. in the CGI. But, I mean, they did it with Kurt Russell, too, in Guardians of the Galaxy, too. Like, yeah. But, you know, what was something I was thinking when I was watching Ant-Man and the Wasp and the, them being de-aged is I was like, well, we have all these movies of these people young then. So we're only going to do this on people who we have movies? Like, are, are, is that involved in the technology? I get that you want that sort of consistency of the character. But we watched movies for a really long time with just somebody else playing the younger version of someone. We never had a problem with it before. Exactly. It's weird. And now, so, now suddenly we need to de-age everybody, uh, which sounds much more expensive than just finding somebody. Uh, right. I mean, I think I think the problem with this one is they would have had to cast somebody to be him throughout the whole movie. It's not just like a flashback sequence. Right. But I, I think the last film, though, that used, that was heavy de-aging, but it wasn't even really de-aging. They just brought back a character that didn't exist, like in Rogue One, Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Peter Cushing's character, yeah. Yeah, there was something off about that too. And I there's just, they don't move right. They don't feel right. Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne did look very, very, very good. But same thing with, with Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh, and Carrie Fisher looked creepy as hell when they used uh, Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. The last part. In Rogue One too. I really hope, yeah, that I'm not taken completely out of this movie with a main character that's de-aged. Yeah, I don't want that to be the thing I'm paying attention to. What are your thoughts on it, Mustachio Go? Yeah, I I agree. There's definitely a movement that's kind of going towards this, you know, we can change the age effect and just not just have to bring in somebody else and expect the audience to be with it, i.e. the Oracle in the Matrix movies when you can just get somebody else and let the audience just deal with it because the, the movie subject matter is much more important than just some small ancillary character. But the Uncanny Valley is something, you know, we deal with in the prosthetics realm, too, because 
if we make something that's very lifelike, um, we get people saying that kids and other individuals, they stare longer when they're trying to figure out if it's real or not. Whereas they ask us just to make it look robotic or bionic. And a lot of people are moving towards that trend nowadays yeah. to where they don't want it filled out. They don't want it to have flesh tone. They don't want it to have hair looking like it's on it. So yeah, I very much know this, this type of symmetry, this type of like appearance that matters but it's also well i hate to use the word you know revulsion but it's kind of you know what's happening like they don't know if they feel okay about it and that's what's happening in these movies when we see tron and it's like oh this is so bad come on that's a great comparison like how it's more distracting for someone with a prosthetic when it when you're trying to emulate reality your eye and your brain are telling you that something's something's off and it's really distracting it really is and And people notice that they stare longer and that, yeah. that matters to them. So then you're staring at somebody de-aged and thinking, man, there's something weird about this. This doesn't look real. And you're get, being taken out of the film, you know, J- just like those people are staring at someone's prosthetic and, and their lunch is getting cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So because nothing is sacred, they are going to remake <laughs> Child's Play, the 1988 horror movie that, of course, has Chucky, Chucky the doll. We all know Chucky the doll. Uh, all too well. The director is going to be a gentleman by the name of Lars Klevberg, who has a horror film called Polaroid, which hasn't come out yet. Uh, and the script is going to be by Tyler Burton Smith, who wrote Kung Fury 2. Did you guys see Kung Fury, the movie that was released on on YouTube, basically like special effects, and it was made to look very 80s? Oh, no, I didn't. Did you guys uh, watch that? It's being produced by David Katzenberg and Seth Graham Smith, who produced It!, So uh, at least they've got that going for them. But here's where things are getting a little weird with Chucky. So, of course, every Child's Play film was written by Don Mancini. So even though there were so many of these Chucky films, there was a consistency there. Also, Brad Dourif voiced Chucky. So there's no Don Mancini back. There's no Brad Dourif back. So they are getting rid of the legacy, some of the legacy people. Oh, no Brad Dourif? And we're also getting some updated version here. Let me just tell you what Chucky was. So uh, basically, Chucky was a good guy doll, basically a ripoff of a My Buddy. Do you guys remember the My Buddy commercials? Oh, yeah. My Buddy, my Buddy, wherever I go, he goes, my Buddy. My Buddy and kids. And there was also. Yeah, so there was my buddy, kid sister. It was it was a ripoff of those dogs. So this was a good guy doll. What happens in the original was basically this serial killer is running through the streets trying to escape the fuzz, and he gets shot, but he uh, manages to escape for a time, but he ends up having to enter a toy shop, and he's shot uh, fatally. But he uses a voodoo spell to transfer his evil soul into a good guy doll (laughs) and then of course in overdramatic fashion uh, lightning hits the shop it blows up and it's all crazy but anyway uh, later on the mother of this kid buys the good guy doll and gives the doll to her son for his his birthday and you first find out something is off when his babysitter is clocked with a hammer (laughs) Mm. so anyway and it was of course chucky the doll this time we're gonna get Something that seems more along the lines of It. I mean, it has the producers of It. Just like It, it's going to have a group of kids 
but Chucky is going to be a technologically advanced doll that enters their world. Interesting. So instead of just a good guy doll that has been voodoo morphed, (laughs) voodoo morphed by a serial killer, uh, this is going to be some kind of technologically advanced doll hanging out with the it kids. So what do you think about this? I want to know your thoughts. I'm going to let you go first. Mustachio go. Um, I'm intrigued. Um, it's, it's, it's lowered on the threshold right now because it doesn't have Brad Dourif. I, I, I want to hear his voice. But I also read that his his voice will be around for the, like the TV version of what they want to do or something to that effect. But it's they say it's going to be really, really creepy. You know, I, I think they want to get away from that, you know, uncanny valley of staring at this doll and being like it. Is this but that weird? was the whole that was the whole thing about Chucky is that yeah. he's this like he's a little more scary too because he was practical effects. Yeah, you know, so he and uh, and they were bad at times. They were so bad they were great. Yes, and so like now they really need to step up their game if they're gonna go like, are they gonna go digital? Uh, you know because oh one hundred percent. Okay, because you know they are. I know they are, but that's where you kind of get away from. You know, people where we want to see something that has that doll that's chasing you. I mean, that's that's really creepy. You know, we were kind of raised around shit like that. Like, okay, I'll give you an example. My brother, when I got a Teddy Rubskin doll, he got a my. <laughs> you just buddy. said like Teddy Rubskin, which is nasty. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was later. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, his. His mouth stopped working. No! Um, oh, no, my wait, God. What? Teddy, oh, no. I was t- I was talking because I put popcorn and Coke in there because I watch movies with him. It's Come on. Oh it's Teddy Rubskin. Um, here we go. Um, <laughs> don't leave me hanging, guys. <laughs> no. What have I done? Oh, no. Nasty. Uh, continue. Can, should I move? No, okay. just no, continue like, oh, telling okay. the story, although how this one involves your brother now is just weird. No, yeah, yeah, so... So when I got a Teddy, when I got a Teddy Rubskin, um, <laughs> my my brother Rubskin. got my brother got a my buddy doll, and our older brother decided to show my middle brother the movie Child's Play. No, and so my middle brother would wake up screaming in the middle of the night. Chucky's in my room, and what? his little his little my buddy would be sitting on a chair across the room just looking at him. He had a my buddy. Yeah. Well, he was given it by my parents. He didn't, you know, go out and be like, yeah, right. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, so he was terrified of it, and I kind of grew up with, like, a knowledge of, you know, these My Buddy dolls are terrifying because they look exactly like this horror movie character. And so I was safe with my Teddy Rupskin. <laughs> Just me and him. It was it's, safe. It's 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 Ruckspin. Oh, really? It, it's not Rubskin. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Teddy Ruckspin. Oh, fuck. I was using it for the wrong thing. Yeah, you are. You're, he was my what, buddy. Like, you, you can get yours out of like an Adam and Eve catalog. Oh, my yeah. God. All right, here we go. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Let's, let's go ahead and get your thoughts on this one. Lady Juan, go. Did you have a rub skin when you were a kid? Did you have kid sister? Tell us how. <laughs> tell us your experience with all of this. Go. I did not have those dolls. I had, I had that. What was it? Like a pillow fighter? Like what were those pillow popples? No, they were they were full on they were dolls, but they were pillows. I had that. It was like this blonde, like pigtails, but she was a pillow. Okay. I don't remember what it's called. But they're probably called something stupid like pillow pals. Oh, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> so I had those. 
Um, because like sentient dolls is probably the top fear I had as a child. I had all these really, really pretty dolls that my great aunt gave me when I was a kid. It was one for every month of the year. And they were like those porcelain with like the hair all styled and fancy dresses. And my mom put a Annabelle's. shelf. Yeah. My mom put a shelf all around my room and she put up all these dolls while I was at school one day. And I came home and she's oh. like, look what I did. And I was like, no, get them out. Oh. No, no, no. Like I freaked out. I hated it. I made her take all of them off the shelf. I was so <laughs> afraid of dolls. So all of my dolls were either Barbies that had to all be put away. That way they couldn't like get out and like be alive or like pillow <laughs> things. Like soft things, so. And you're a kid. Toys coming alive is a serious fear. Yeah, no, I was certain that they all were like watching me all the time. Oh yeah, because they are. (laughs) (laughs) They're all technologically advanced. Some of them so advanced they'll rub your skin. That doesn't make you advanced. Yeah. I gotta find out what this pillow doll is called. Pillow people. Pillow people? Pillow people? Yeah, it is pillow people. Oh. You, oh you, wait a minute. You had one, this you stature, didn't you? You had a pillow. Oh, that thing is creepy. horrifying, by the way. <laughs> no, no, JC, I, I fucking Googled it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, sneaky over there. So, that doll's horrifying, by the way. Oh, so cute. Right? That thing is not cute. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't rest my head on that thing. It does you, not look you, comfortable. Well, I did no. for for years. You probably drooled all over. Oh, it I definitely as a, did as a child. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I still drool so. on pillows. I'm not proud of it. Ew. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't stay in hotel rooms. Oh my God. Oh, don't make me think Nasty. about that. Ew. Ugh. How much? Ugh. No, it's much it's really a I've problem ever... for me though. Like, when I sleep on a plane, I always wake up and I've, like, drooled on my airplane pillow. Like, oh, my <laughs> God. They do not wash Oh, I bring my own. Pillow. I'm aware of my problem. I would never put that on anybody else. Oh, my goodness. Do you tell the passenger next to you, hey, uh, just just so you know, I'm, I'm a drooler. <laughs> you pull your head away from the side of the airplane just so you got that whole sticky line. <laughs> yeah, when Mr. Lady Wan can't be there and you, can't, you don't have anybody to face, yep. you're like, oh. Yep. No, I prefer to let it surprise them. Yeah, just bring your pillow people doll. <laughs> That'll surprise them. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So this thing, this Chucky thing, I I don't have a lot of faith in this thing. I mean, no. I, I can see it right now, like some stupid scientist or child behavioral therapist going, we've got this new advanced doll. It's called the C-H-U-K-E, Childhood Universal Kindness and Empathy Bot. <laughs> we call it Chucky. <laughs> Take it, Billy. And then, of course, you know, some stupid lightning strike and it, it shorts out or something. And now it's killing everyone. Just ugh, terrible. Did you just write that acronym? That was amazing. Yes. That was great. <laughs> I mean, I did tweet it. So it was already it was already out there in the world. But I did think of it myself on the fly. Anyway, I'm not excited for this. I think that. Chucky was fine with Don Mancini writing and with Brad Dourif being Chucky. There's a lot of these classics that have been remade, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They tried to do Nightmare on Elm Street. There's plenty of examples of them trying to redo these classic horrors and them not doing well. So, I mean, it's got the It producers, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, groups of kids are hot right now. It, Stranger <laughs> Things. What a weird dolls, sentence. 
Annabelle. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't mean they're like physically hot. I mean, I'm like, Ooh, groups of kids. Those 11 no, year olds. Not... Sorry. That's, no, please. That's... Wow. No. Oh my God. No. Okay. Let's move on. We have another bit of movie news here. We're going to get, we're going to get totes cereal here. We're going to talk about some deepness. Here we go. So speaking of Teddy Rubskin, <laughs> Jesus. our next topic is a film called Rub and Tug. Uh, <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> He's very serious. It's Scarlett Johansson is going to do another film with her Ghost in the Shell director, Rupert Sanders. This time it's Rub and Tug, and those two are causing controversy again. Of course, there was the huge whitewashing controversy over Ghost in the Shell because it was a Japanese manga anime series, and she was cast as Major, and of course, Scarlett Johansson is not Asian or Japanese. So, And also, that film did not do well in the box office. I don't, I don't know if that had anything to do with the controversy or the negative press, but it didn't do well. But here we go. Controversy again. People are angry that she is playing a character of someone who identified as male. Mm-hmm. So they thought that, I, I guess they thought they should be casting a female who identifies as male for the role. The story is a biopic of Dante Tex Gill, who became a crime boss in in Pittsburgh during the 70s and 80s, uh, mostly having to do with massage parlors, prostitution, and then later with uh, selling steroids to Pittsburgh Steelers players. She was born female in her illegal dealings. I know she did want notorious figures as well as law enforcement figures to refer to her as Mr. Gill. I don't know what Scarlett Johansson is supposed to do here. Either not film it and have a wide release because you need stars to get films released or go with the small percentage of actors and actresses out there who might be females who identify as males. I don't know the the win-win here for either the film or the people who are uh, outraged over the casting, but maybe we can talk through it. Uh, I'd like to know your thoughts on it. I'll let you go first this time, Lady Wan, go. This is definitely a complicated topic. I think my real problem here comes with her response to people criticizing it, which was yeah. when she said, tell them that they can be directed to Jeffrey Tambor, Jared Leto, and Felicity Huffman's rep for comment. Yeah. And that seems like such a cop-out to me. Just because it was done before doesn't mean that yeah. you can continue to do it. She should have had like a much more measured and sensitive response yeah. to how people are feeling about it. Yeah, that's a very petty, childish way to respond to an issue that I don't think societally we have enough understanding of this situation to as a whole understanding transgender issues but there are transgender actors and actresses and maybe it would take a lot longer to find somebody capable of it but isn't that worth doing to tell the story of this person honestly right seems like it's worth it to me she's producing the movie she didn't want to look for somebody the profession is acting I, I mean you're these people go in and they inhabit characters that are not themselves but I think it's an issue of representation because you don't have to cast a mobster to play a mobster that's that's the acting right. part of it but if if you're a transgender person you may be limited in what roles you can play and when there's a role for a transgender character why wouldn't a transgender person get to play it? Like, if there's a role for an Asian person, an Asian person should play it. I, I think that's where the issue is. I certainly don't understand it as, like, the outrage doesn't seem 
quite the same as the issue of the whitewashing, which she's already been a part of. You really think she would kind of have a heads up on what might bother people. But it's it's still it's representation. That's what matters. And I think that's the core of the problem. Uh, what what do you think about this mustachio, this issue? Uh, first of all, I, I thought our discussion about a movie called Rub and Tug was going to be drastically different than this, but <laughs> I, it's not like I don't want to tackle the subject. I, uh, I like this. We're also talking about another topic of appearance in film, how we see this person, how they're portrayed, and what's the right call on this. I, I like Lady Wan's you know, response about ScarJo's response online. That's, yeah, very insensitive and seems like it doesn't help us get closer to a win-win. It only leaves us further with this separation. But, you know, someone has to, you know, choose their own roles in Hollywood according to what they see fit. And, you know, we're just left to speculate as to, you know, how this could have been done better. It's, it's a difficult call. What she should have said was, Something to the effect of my gender doesn't have any impact on whether or not I can play this role. I want to be true to this story. You know, there's good responses. Instead, she just really, ugh. Like, I really hate the response to this. So I hate the response to this more than I hate what she is doing. Yeah. It's a terrible argument. Like, yeah. Catherine yeah. Hepburn played an Asian character. Does that mean that white people should be playing Asian characters with tape on their face? Absolutely not. Just because something Oof. happened doesn't mean you should continue to do it. Yeah. Hey, man. John Wayne played Genghis Khan. <laughs> doesn't make it okay. I think media and representation go a long way in changing society's views. And to have an opportunity to represent a community that is still not understood by so much of, you know, cisgender society, it's it's a real disappointment. Um, you know, that's how you're able to make changes at large in society is showing showing a more nuanced character than just a stereotype that people, if you don't know a transgender person, you, you don't know. And when you do know them, you understand that like every single day is just a series of battles. And to have something like this happen and then that's her response is just like, that would really, really upset me. I mean, it does actually upset me, but like I can say it would upset me so much more if I was a transgender person. It's it's not an easy life to live and Scarlett Johansson's attitude certainly doesn't help. That's really good. That's put very well. Lady Wan, I, I really like your take on that. I I um I know that this life isn't easy for the that type of demographic of individuals that there isn't a, an easy way to put that into Hollywood portrayal and for it to be highly publicized because we live in this political environment where bathroom bullshit <laughs> it's really hard to talk about shit like this yeah. and do it well and to like show sensitivity for each side because you know sometimes it can be very polarizing for you know individuals that are trying to be seen in a, a different gender fluidity mm-hmm. and for that topic of discussion to be brought up kind of leaves us with you know not feeling like we can be a fulfilling part of this argument but what we can identify with is that we're talking about it we're we're trying to see from someone else's perspective mm-hmm. that's that's what we do on this show is we we see other perspectives i mean just being on this show with you lady one has like taught me a lot about Aww. you know how to speak about women how to see through like their perspectives 
and to hear you know a lot of great information about your perspective oh thank yeah. you mustachio that makes me very happy <laughs> yes and i al- and i also love jc he's very dear Aww. to my heart nope nobody loves me <laughs> yes <laughs> The the real Gil did have a like a super rough life. Of course, becoming a essentially a, a large crime figure in Pittsburgh had its had its drawbacks. I mean, one of Gil's brothels was blown up. One of his employees was murdered in his apartment. There were arson attacks. It was a rough life, and he had to persevere through just being ruthless. You should see the pictures of real Gil. Real Gil looks nothing like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> real really? Gil had a very, like, just like a hardened, worn, square face of, of someone who's just taken on the mob and taken on the law enforcement. But I'm not going to give away the ending to his story. But anyway, so that is Gil. Interesting topic. I want to let actors be artists, but at the same time, there are real communities out there which feel perhaps like they're not being given the representation that they deserve. So I don't know what the right answer is here, but I do know that ScarJo's response was not what anyone needed. It needed to be much more thoughtful and sensitive. Yeah. That is 100%. That's 100%. There's the rub. And tug. <laughs> and tug. And that's the, ru- and that's the Teddy rub skin. Oh, no. <laughs> I think we've newsed and abused everyone enough. <laughs> So why don't you send us home, Lady Wan? If you'd like to reach us here at the show, you can send an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com or you can tweet us at screenfixpod. And we're on Instagram too at screenfixpod. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Screenfix Podcast. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Libsyn, Google Play, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We really do appreciate it. And if you enjoy the show, please tell a friend. We also have hopes of opening our own One Screen Indie Film Movie Theater, and you can be a part of it. So all you have to do is go to our Patreon account link, and you'll get to see where you can help donate to the show. We love doing this. We love talking about movies. We love being a part of this news platform to give all of our listeners you know, the type of information that we would want to hear regarding all these films that we've come to love or not so much, but <laughs> there's 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 room for the love and the fixes all in between. So so donate and be a part of the show because we love doing this. Look for our next news episode and next week, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, Ooh. followed by followed by Skyscraper. By the way, all right, can't wait. Look for all those goodies. Why don't we leave us with your best, Chucky, saying, "Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Go ahead, Mustachio. Go. Hi, I'm Chucky." Want to play? <laughs> I'll, I'll do mine. Hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? What's yours, Lady One? Go. Hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? <laughs> That's so good. Because I'm a girl, so that, that hard to sound like That a was probably boy. better than ours. <laughs> <laughs> bye, that everybody. was awesome. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs>